aspiration is great, but if it's at the expense of where you are today, it's bad. It's, it's a cancer. Most of us have two lives, the life we live and the unlived life within us. Nothing's perfect and there's going to be a price for everything. What's the point if you're not really feeling Welcome to The Resistance, featuring meaningful conversations. We live in a condition of a constant murmuring. Like, that just doesn't happen for anyone. That explore that very space between who we are and who we say we want to be. I'm your host, Matt Connor. As the saying goes, maybe there is something to be said for keeping your eye on the prize. As we explore the idea of creativity and resistance, even here on the podcast, as we try to bridge that gap between who we are and who we want to be, it is important to be aware of what's on the horizon. Where is it that we want to go? What is it that we're chasing? Whole industries exist around that idea of goal setting. But there's a more important part of what's going on. And that's learning to be present, to find meaning right where we're at, instead of finding ourselves obsessed with where we want to be. And it's that important aspect that was emphasized in my recent conversation with Taylor, Isaac, and Zach Hansen. The members of Hansen know a thing or two about the perils of ambition and the joys of success. For the last 30 years, yeah, three decades, they've experienced global success time and time again. In the three decades after breaking out with Mbop, the Hanson brothers are actually playing to more people these days than ever before. There's the three Grammy wins and the 16 million albums sold. And even just last year, they returned with their 11th studio album, Red, Green, Blue, that sent them on a four-continent tour. Given their time in the spotlight from such a young age, we were thrilled to welcome all three members of Hanson to the resistance in an interview that we actually recorded last year. On this episode, the Hanson brothers share a tremendous amount of wisdom learned about the importance of being present and the difficulties of differentiating yourself from your creative work. We know you'll enjoy this conversation with Taylor, Isaac, and Zach Hanson. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Resistance. My name is Matt Connor and I'm your host. I'm sitting across from Taylor, Isaac, and Zach Hansen, known as Hansen. How, how are you guys today? Really good. Very, Very good. good. Yeah. Glad to be here. So the source material for our podcast is The War of Art. The Art of War. Wait, no. We were talking about this earlier, and now I've flip-flopped the titles. <laughs> Sun Tzu. <laughs> Sun Tzu. We can talk about battlefield strategy. It all connects, really. It's the same thing. We are all we are all so enamored by ancient war tactics and and on this history podcast. Yeah. So uh, so typically we we source a quote from Stephen Pressfield who wrote The War of Art. But before we do, it it occurred to me. I, I'm just looking. I'm looking at the band. I'm looking at the history. I'm I'm thinking over. The past few decades and this is year 30 for yeah. you yeah which is such a rare occurrence and such an achievement and I, I i guess even as an outsider it was it was very striking to me thinking gosh that's such a cause for celebration are you cel- how much are you celebrating or how much do you even think about the rarity of that achievement itself 
Well, well, for, I mean, I'll I'll just jump right in and say, first of all, in some ways, it's weirdly terrifying because I mean, because uh, Zach is, let's see, what are you, thirty seven? I'll be thirty seven. Yeah, yeah thirty seven. So, and uh, our youngest member, yeah, youngest member. I'm forty one. <laughs> so, like, it, it's weird to be to be doing this job for that long and still, you know, be relatively young. Um, but I, I mean, I think it's the thing that you always hope to be able to do. Uh, it's a little bit of a trip, but it's but we're just glad that we're we're still able to play shows and still able to have fans and do do the thing that we love to do. And small correction: all bands reach thirty years, just not necessarily together. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, they at some point it's oh, cheap track thirty. Well, they're still kicking it, exactly. um, but it's extraordinary. Yeah, I, I I think what Isaac's talking about is. Um, it, it's almost like we never started the band. We just were the band. Right. And so the, you, you have a little feel that way, existential especially. crisis when you start to think about, you know, how long it's been going. But, but it's a huge accomplishment. I mean, to do anything this long, to, to have uh, success at something and, and, and improve at something over decades is a, a huge thing. And, and uh, it's easy to forget, but it's, it's, a, it's amazing. You know, I love the premise of... The Art of War, obviously, is the play that, you know, begat the, the War of Art. And I love The Art of War, actually, the, the Sun Tzu classic, because it, it, it talks about, essentially, it applies to so many things, understanding how to, you know, how to understand the tactics and survival and when you're in conflict. And basically, uh, you know, so, you know, in so many ways, becoming successful in anything, especially in art, is about survival, is about just mm-hmm. getting through the next battle and the next battle. And then you turn around and you're like, wow, we won, we won a bunch, lost a few men, but uh, yeah. we're still here. <laughs> well, um, I, I want to lead out with this quote because I'd love to give, you know, one or all of you a, a chance to respond to this where Stephen Pressfield writes this. He says, um, most of us have two lives, the life we live and the unlived life within us. And between the two stands the resistance. And I guess I wonder for you as, uh, as persons employed in a creative space, as, mm-hmm. as, as creators yourself, um, like what that relationship looks like for you these days after so much experience and, and, and how much that quote resonates with you of the life you're wanting to live and the, and the life you're currently living and the resistance you face trying to make those things congruent wow who wants to start with that one i mean I, yeah, I, I, yeah. Go. okay I, don't know. I think that was just this is taylor's just passed to, to me um <laughs> well this is an interesting question because it really partly does speak to the you know the different person and and why they do what they do um we've talked about um i've sort of coined the comparison with the three of us that we've we've for many years had the same sort of island we're headed towards, but we're getting there in different crafts. One person's on a canoe, one person's on a jet ski, one person's on a, you know, twin winged air, you know, airplane. I'm not saying who's on which vehicle, but um, <laughs> somebody's jumping out of the plane they flew. I don't know who that is. Um, but this idea, well, my vote would be, <laughs> okay. Way. I think you would jump out of the plane. <laughs> Zach would try and get there as fast as yeah, possible. Yeah. So that means you're in a canoe. Okay. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> but this idea that, that creative people, um, create people of all have different ways of getting to destinations. But if you can identify sort of the common thread, that's, I think what allows a band or a unit or for that many, when somebody has a company or a vision for something, it's, it's not necessarily the way in which everyone does it is the same, but they do share a common sort of, you know, goal. Um, 
but with that, so with that struggle between the, you know, who the life you may, t- may be leading versus the life you want to lead, lead, I think in some respects, I think all of us have been able to get, live much closer to the ideal life. But um, what that ideal life looks like changes over time and is different, you know, for each of you. So mm-hmm. I know for me, um, I've, I saw very, very early on this, this sort of unbelievable possibility as a very young kid when I saw Michael Jackson and I heard Elvis and I heard Otis Redding and Ray Charles and, and began to sing and harmonize. Isaac was already singing and I jumped in and harmonized and all of a sudden yeah. went, well, oh my gosh, this is a thing people can do. Yeah. And so that, 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 that leap across to the possible happened really early and really that that hunger that 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 idea of wow i could actually impact people the way i felt from the music that's out there and i could get to spend my days striving for something that's really uh really lifts me my spirit it that's been really you know that's been the struggle that we've we've kind of won in some respect and been fighting for for 30 years you know to keep as close to that lane um, as you can, and and also to try and um, you know just keep perspective because that that is rare. It is rare to get to have your passion, the genuine thing that you really you know things you believe in, actually pay the bills or actually be the thing that you live through. Um, and we see that more and more as we get older. People people go, yeah, well, I think sleeping and like paying my bills is also really important. So I'm going to not go after that crazy thing, that mountain. <laughs> so we we've lived closer to that, I think, than than a lot of people get to. That's me. Uh, so it, it's an interesting thing, you know, being six when we started the band, um, I've had a, a lifetime of being trained to um, sort of react to where you are, not, not think about where you want to be, right? And, and we've been lucky that we were successful relatively early, not without effort, you know, not without sort of work and struggle and compromise, but... But we, you know, were successful globally when I was 11. You know, that's a crazy thing. Um, yeah. The question is about who you are and where you want to be and the, the resistance between. And I think oftentimes maybe the problem is people think that they are supposed to be the person they want to be. And, and as a person who's been trained to perform sort of on stage since a very small child and sort of this sense of reacting, right? Reacting to where you are. I, I think the task is to be much more comfortable with where you are. Uh, and as soon as you're happy with where you are, you'll be more likely to be that person that you dreamt about being right. at some other point. Like we need to be much more present as, as people. Uh, that That's what makes you the person you want to be, not, not the aspiration. I mean, Aspiration is great, but if it's at the expense of where you are today, it's bad. It's it's a cancer, and so you've got to find that balance. I agree with what with where Zach is going, you know, philosophically, because I think he's he's right. And and obviously Taylor describing where we kind of started, um, and and those headspaces. I'm struck by the fact that I think for me, music. Uh, specifically was first uh, an exercise of being a fan and then was more of a creative exercise. Whereas I think Taylor was almost in weird way, almost a little bit the opposite where I think there was a, there was always a spark in Tay's brain. And then he saw 
the other stuff and became a fan of it. I don't know whether that's exactly right, but I feel like there's kind of a thing about that that's different. Oh, for sure. You know, that you and I kind of came out differently. And Zach, obviously, being kind of, I, I, I would tease and say we almost abducted you into the band <laughs> at certain points, <laughs> or at least at the beginning. Yeah. And then he starts showing us up, being like, oh, yeah, I'm not just a drummer. I can play yeah, keys it's and guitar. A fair, it's a fairly fair uh, description of what happened. <laughs> exactly. but, um, but the Phyllis... The philosophical Zach's on part. a milk carton somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> the, the philis- I'm not actually a Hanson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got it. <laughs> All these children, your parents, how did they have? Well, they didn't have one. No, just kidding. Yeah. But I think the philosophical thing that Zach said, I think, is is just a broad statement that's worth kind of reinforcing, which is I do agree. You got to, I heard somebody say, you got to be where your feet are, you know, because it's a little bit like if your aspiration uh, for the business or the job or the whatever that you're, you know, going for is uh, kind of outpaces in importance being there with your kids or being there with your significant other or being, you know, I don't know, enjoying, enjoying the beauty of the things around you, you might miss the opportunity to be the person you're actually supposed to be, which is you right mm-hmm. then, right there. So. Mm. I, I love that. And yeah, I want to push back just a little bit or, or at least explore this further because I, I guess I'm thinking of the industry overall as something where you write a song and if there's any sort of label, release, management, et cetera, in, in, in position, then it could be a year before that song is part of an album that's then released and then mm-hmm. you tour that and then it's a rinse repeat um, where there's always like the forward looking like, okay, well, we can't release it yet when it's fresh, you know, we got to wait and, and stagger this out with singles and promo, et cetera. Like how difficult is it in an, in an industry where things are pushed, pushed out so far and where everything is, is sort of like on that cycle or hamster wheel, if you will, to stay centered and present. One of the things this, uh, one of the things I think about it to keep that in mind is we're all speaking from, sort of like uh, we're old men in this business you know we're looking we're waxing poetic to some degree because all it's all the things that you just described are a given you know the if you want to succeed specifically in the music business you have to have some strange balance between extreme narcissism and you know like i believe what i'm thinking is you know you should give up three minutes of your life maybe millions of times the world you know and you should put me at number one and you also have to have a sort of a, some degree of masochism because you're going to suffer criticism and pain and, and, and it's going to happen because you're asking people to approve of you and join you and get on your team. So it is no matter what, even be, whether you're driven to the aspiration of the top of the mountain or whether you're saying, hey, inner peace and balance of family and life and being present and really being full and whole when you go into stuff, both those things, regardless of who you are in the spectrum, you are stepping into an industry that requires you to, to really put yourself out there and yeah, to be patient and at the same time be sort of impatient because you, you, you're fighting for that little piece. So I think we've learned our whole life. We've, we've been both seats. We've been in the, in the waiting game when, when things haven't moved, especially in like two, from about 2001 to 2003, Plus. Well, but even early on, we were turned down by most of the record companies. We were Absolutely. shopping a little record that people were like, who the heck is this band? Grunge era. Yeah. When, you know, singing motown songs, kind of, but they look like Nirvana, sort of, but they're 12. Um, so we, we've seen both those sides. And I think, in a way, everything we now reflect on, like you said, 30 years being this, it's been our whole life. 
you you have to to survive it to get from here to there it's figuring out what makes you hum i think what makes you kind of be able to withstand the stress and the challenges and and this business is is un, is unkind to anybody that doesn't have some some ability to to hear no a lot and hear like oh that didn't work out you you do have to have a lot of patience you have to have a lot of of kind of you have to have tough skin uh, to sur- sort of get through it yeah you described all these these inputs right there's these points of delay potential change potential new paths right what the label thinks what the radio people think or the plugger thinks or the producer thinks or or the a and r editor of a magazine right um and it's <laughs> an interesting station. thing because um to some extent i think what you're talking about is the difference between uh, a professional songwriter a professional producer and a professional performer right and, and so you know if, if you just want to write songs or you can't deal with other people's opinions maybe you're just a writer and and if you can't deal with the delay and the, the, the delayed gratification of like, I, I don't know what's going to happen between me being happy and the world hearing my song. Maybe you're just a producer because, you know, producers are just musicians that don't go on the road, that don't, mm-hmm. you know, that don't have a public face to the rest of the world, right? And then there's the, the artist who has to kind of navigate all of those processes with the assistance of producers and managers and writers and all those things. Um, and it's your name on the marquee, so you you carry a different responsibility, a f- different personal connection with it, and or well, challenge. <laughs> well, see, but yeah. I I think the the thing you're talking about right there is the performer, right? And mm-hmm. and so talking about being in the moment, talking about how do you still stay fresh when the song was written a year or three or five years ago, right? Or well, twenty five years. Ago. You're a performer. Every time you walk on stage, you play probably twenty of the same songs year after year after year. How do you keep them fresh? You're a performer. It's the performance is the moment. The ability to turn on and say, this matters right now is the moment. The interview where you regurgitate that idea that you had, that thought, that quote, like that's the moment that you're actually doing your job of performing. Yeah. That's just true. You guys have referenced the early success that you were able to have in a positive way. Are all of you very thankful for that, that it came quickly? Have you ever thought, I mean, because certainly you, you've been around all kinds of others who have, who have fought for a long time or, you know, tried to like climb that, that hill for a long time. It makes me mm-hmm. curious about how that's enabled you to answer these sort of questions differently than if there was the grind well into adulthood or you know well it's it it's a mix i mean it's a mix it's a grind i mean it's a grind but it is also a grind you know why you're you're you know scrapping you know what you're fighting you know you know that you you know the reason that you're going for it and um i mean all of us i'm sure you know we've tried to answer these questions over years you are you're a mix of extremely proud and of course you're striving for the future of course you're striving for a broader perspective on you yeah. i mean i remember i mean nobody's nobody's not wanting a number one smash hit in 27 <laughs> countries i mean come up right it's, it's, it's kind like, of a good thing at any point in your life but oh. I, I remember seeing an article about um again this is not the perfect comparison but it just kind of blew my mind at the time i remember maybe 
I guess it's been 15 years ago, Paul McCartney, when he remarried, whatever that exactly was, and the title for it was Love Me Do. And I thought, here's a guy who's literally probably the most famous living musician ever. Pale, everyone else pairs the comparison. And the, the headline is just like the second single he released. <laughs> and I just thought, man, it's just, it just is painful in some ways. And then also gave me a little bit of like, okay, well, there's Paul McCartney. And, and you're like, oh, unmarried isn't so bad. Yeah, married is the way it's going to be forever. It's going to be mm, dead, you know, at some point. I, I, I mortality. Think, mm, mortality, exactly. Yeah. I, that, it's one of those things that, that you, again, if you reach people at some level, at any age, you, you, if you win, you also lose. You, know, you win because you embed something into the psyche of, the, of humanity at some level. I mean, especially right, right, right. Mbop was like this number one in 27 countries simultaneously. And, you know, that doesn't happen. And so here we are, you know, but our second album, which where our record company began to eat itself alive, um, they was a huge record company. With it. <laughs> we, we were not dropped, you know, unfortunately. We were kept because we had this value. But they, oh. Can they you were, imagine what it would have been like if we would have been dropped? It would have oh. been the greatest thing in history. We would have just gone on a bidding war with every label in the I world. Know, yeah, it would have been great. But it's, we, we, they didn't drop us because we were an asset, but they didn't know what to do with us because they were a new label that had been bought by another label. And, and then we began to find the true fan across the world that was the, the the ticket buyer and the fan club joiner and the people that began that really were going with you on your journey and here 30 years here 22 years you know 23 years after our second album we have we're selling more tickets to fans around the world than we did in 2000 yeah. and so it's a weird dichotomy that we're we have been fighting kind of for the pain point of success, but at the same time, we've, we've been building on that positive. It's so it's like this equal, it is the double-edged sword, you know, it's, it cuts both ways. <laughs> yeah. See, I think almost, um, as an artist, e each song is sort of a, an opportunity for a memory or an impression. Right. And so the blessing and the curse of early success is sort of like turning 16 and getting your absolute, dream car right and then realizing that impression that memory you're going to have to as a band drive that your entire life right and 16 year olds usually are not very easy on their cars right you have to know immediately right how to manage the longevity that it you immediately are given by a, you better change that oil early not right, late right. and, know, like and so that it's just it's a hard thing to learn to drive a stick shift on a sports car right <laughs> like here's a lamborghini you don't know how to drive good luck but yeah. i mean i think if, that's a great analogy by the way if, yeah. if you can manage to not crash the car in the first couple of years chances are you're going to have a collector's item this prized possession that is only growing and growing and growing in value every year that you're able to just look and go, look what we did. Not wreck it. Look what we have parked in the garage. Wow, that's an amazing thing. Mm. Let me ask on the shadow side of that, or is there is there a shadow side to it in which I, earlier when you guys were talking about just st even still how young you are for how long you've been at it, it made me wonder if, if being able to differentiate yourself from what you do is a problem. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think you, you really are uh, hitting on the big, the, the big question. Like that's the dark side of what we do. So yeah. many, many young artists, uh, two, five years into it, just kind of have a personality explosion, 
right? They go, existential they go, crisis. That's not me. The real me is this. And a lot of times, everyone in the world just goes, "Oh, I don't even like that person. I really liked you when you were the person you weren't." Right? <laughs> Can you please start being the person you weren't? Because we prefer that person. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but the the problem with being successful and working together and doing this your entire life is the distinction, is the ability to grow naturally and not, um, you know, have that conflict of uh, what is Zach Hansen and what is Hansen the band? Well, they're the same thing, yet they're two entities, right? You, you can't have Hansen without Zach, but you also, you know, you also Zach is not Hansen. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So, but wait, it's Zach Hansen. I'm confused. <laughs> We're all confused about a, that one. We're still trying thing. to figure that out. It, it's a hard thing. And it's not, um, it doesn't make for good biographies because it's really the, the little conversations, the little conflicts, the self-doubt that is not played out on stage or uh, in front of a camera, but sort of in the, the heart and soul of your desires to, to be something, right? Am I this thing? Or am I a person that can do anything? I, I would add to that too. Um, yeah, it is a very challenging thing to to succeed. Succeeding at something in some ways is is more painful to survive than failing. Because if you you go up and you swing and you miss and you miss, they're like, "You're not a baseball player, buddy." But yeah. you know, if, <laughs> and no one is watching. But when you come out and you <laughs> you start knocking out of the park, boom, 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 boom. You, people, you know, you you have this expectation from yourself and from others. I'm going to keep knocking out of the park. I'm Babe Ruth, and so this this assessment of what it is that's your inner strength, your inner your inner balance, your inner hey, you know, like the guys are talking about. This is who I am. I'm at peace with you, and I'm at peace with what I'm doing. I'm at peace with my world around me, and I'm also, you know, trying to strive and have this idea, and I want to fight for stuff. When when your brothers, and when you when you have this connectivity that's so you know holistic, it is you do have to have a very conscious. Um, you know, conversation and a drive to to differentiate yourself. And I'll say one thing that is helpful with the three of us is we've definitely struggled with that at times. And, you know, even this new project is probably partly a reflection of that difference, showing the differences. But we are very different. Uh, we've always been very different. Uh, the way we go about things, the way we think about things. And that has made us, in a lot of cases, a good team because we we come at things in different ways. Um, and probably why we, you know, survived at least the first decade, just based on the natural primal differences of the three of us. And then your experiences begin to be joined. And then you have like all the things that are connected, but you know, all the differences go back to this. I think that inner question of, well, why are you here? What are you doing this for? And I, I think the comparison of the car is a good one because, um, a lot of people wreck that car about, you know, some on accident, some on purpose. Because it's easy to wreck. Yeah, it's fast. Because it's got, yeah, it's fast. It's like, it's yeah. easy to grind those gears because, man, they're ripping it off at, you know, 7,500 RPMs, like, all the time. But I, I, I think it's important to come back, you know, you're, the premise of this is about creativity, not just about success in the creativity or lack thereof. But yeah. I, I think, because I think just deciding to be an artist, I mean, all of us have friends that we look at that we're like, man, that guy or that girl are incredibly talented but you may never know their name. Like the world may never know their name. I mean, um, an artist that co-produced this record with us, Davi Garza is less known as an artist, 
um, than we all think he should be. But he's an incredible talent, and he, we've been close friends for a couple decades. Yeah, he's now gone on uh, to produce and write, and you know had great success there. He's won Grammys and with Fiona Apple. He's he's scores produced, movies. You know, yeah, produced a recent Midland record. I mean, he's yeah, he's. I mean, David is one of the most gifted musicians ever. Um, but for you know, struggle to really have that huge breakout as an artist to be known, and we always have thought, I mean, David should be you know selling arenas. Um, but you know, that's just not, that wasn't meant to be his path to this point. He's doing incredible, incredible work. And so, but just the struggle to say like, how am I going to be sane as a person? You know, I think is part of what you're talking about that, that balance of like, am I living in like the creativity versus the, you know, just kind of the second course and figure out where that balance is because a lot of people have to, everybody comes at, at reaching that balance in different ways. Um, and some people it's, uh, it's like, hey, you know what? I can't be the artist like Zach was talking about. I, I can't do, you know, craft it, produce it, suffer the team, put my name on a, on a banner, fail or not fail, have people come to the shows or not. I need to just write or I need to just produce or I need to just perform and not be the creator. I need to have a whole stable of people I call and make, hey, man, I need some songs, you know, to make, to make this next record. People help me carry this weight in a big way. Like, I think where you sit in that, that conversation is a lot about what makes you able to get up every day and go after it. Um, because it, it takes a lot of energy, frankly, um, to keep kind of going for it, swinging for the fences. Mm. Let me ask, let me ask one more here and kind of return to the original premise, because as we've talked about the early success, the, the drive of the band, et cetera, is there anything that you guys could agree upon or even just one of you, like that remain like is there something that remains elusive for you that mm. you're that you would say no we're still chasing this we still haven't figured out how to live into that or or achieve that or whatever like whatever that may be oh man <laughs> that's that's <laughs> how long is this podcast supposed yeah. to be yeah so, exactly yeah. so i there there were a couple things but but the first thing that came to me is more from an artist which is genre yeah. we are still Without a genre. We're stuck. I, I don't know what people think about our band uh, as a, you know, sort of the, the pedestrian sidewalk version of seeing Hanson. But we are this odd combination. There are not many bands where every member of the band sings and writes. And, and that has caused Could us... Could take a third of a new album right, just right. on their own. That has caused us to have our own kind of interesting eclectic sound right it it brings about more different paths of style because three different guys are writing it brings about harmony right in a way that usually i mean this day and age there just is not harmony the way that we usually do harmony mm -hmm. especially in bands and especially and even in, especially in pop music too because a lot of this i mean i have i, I love people like dua lipa or Charlie Puth and things like that, but but there's still not as much. Actually, Charlie Puth more so, but but, <laughs> but there's it's him layering on himself. It's yeah, not a, it's ex a exactly. Artist. No, that that's true. So there's not like there's not stuff like Boys to Men meets band. Well, like whereas like, whereas Boys to Men plus them like being a funk, you know, the Doobie Brothers. Band. It's called the Doobie. Yeah, Brothers. you're right. Yeah. Exactly. And, and like there's an interesting thing too. I think because of the shared voice in a lot of bands, like we're, we're a rock and roll band, right? If you come to our show, it's drums and guitar and B3 organs, and it's, it's a rock band. But 
but in most bands, you've got a single voice, so it makes, it tends to be about sex and about sex appeal and about that one front person's mm-hmm. attitude, whereas ours is a very defined group, which means the messages we sing together, we don't tend to sing together about that sort of sex appeal. You, you sing about... Because it gets weird. It, <laughs> Especially between three brothers. And so you sing about ideas and aspirations, right? And so you tend to hear that more in female-led music. And so you have this weird combination where a band, brothers, multivocalists, singing about aspirations. It just, man, we need a genre. Well, I mean, U2 did it. We're like, that's super U2-y. Yeah. No one knows what that is. Well, they did the singing about aspiration and being a band, but they don't have. I mean, but people the vocals and the, I'm just saying as an yeah. example. I'm, I'm sort of. They kidding, have their own. They're on. The they cr- genre. They've sort of created a genre. People are like, oh, that's you too. No, you're right. You know, may, may, I mean, hey, well, we're I mean, Aerosmith well, then, defined American rock and roll in, in yeah. the, you know the last sixty years, but. Um, See now you can tell where we're going. That's, a, that's what we're hoping. That's what we're hoping. <laughs> Somebody for. goes Hansony. That's true. Oh, yeah, it's totally. True. I like U2E as, as an adjective. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. like, that was U2E. Oh, you mean it sounds like a bad, you know, uh, worship band from a contemporary Christian, you know, group? Yeah, yeah well, exactly. there's that. Um, Did you oh, just, well. you didn't mean to say that U2 is bad. <laughs> no, I meant that everyone copying them is, oh, is copying, terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah everyone who copies like them is terrible. Yeah, U2 yeah. is amazing. They're like <laughs> yeah. our heroes. Um, but I think that... Yes, I see that hand. Yes, I see that hand. <laughs> Makes me want to choke someone. Um I would also say that this this kind of combination of aspiration versus, um, you know, the the elusive thing. I mean, going back to the three of us, we're different. I mean, we have different goals, and but we, I will say one. I know one thread with the band is that we are, we really want to be remembered and known for the music first and foremost. And I know that seems kind of obvious to your band, but there's just so much that gets clouded in the way. You know, when we were young kids. We were saying, it's all about, you know, think of us as old guys with high voices, you know? And as we've gotten older, we... It's we, like, think of us as young guys with high voices. Yeah, no, think of us as young guys with low... Wait, no. <laughs> but, so I I just, um, I think my greatest high, my greatest high is the moment of creation and is the mo- is also the moment of connection. You know, when you're in it, when you walk into a stage and you look out and you feel the sense that there's a thousand or 20,000 people sharing a moment, that is incredibly powerful. Um, you know, that's the that's the most addictive drug there is. And, and then the moment of creation, you know, when you go, f- you walk into an empty room and you walk out with, wow, like that got my heart going and I want to sing it and I want to share it. That's incredible. Um, and so, you know, things that we get to do, we do a songwriting retreat um, where we bring, you know, a bunch of friends and incredibly gifted writers together for several days and we live together and everybody just pairs up each day, and writes and records a song every single day. And it challenges people. But I know for all of us, it's both painful and it's also inspirational. In some cases, because of the relationships. In some cases, because of the productivity. In some cases, because of the synergy of the whole thing. But to me, what's elusive is is this conversation you're talking about. It's that thing of, like, there isn't really any static point. You know, you don't get to be like, all right, everybody freeze. Now here we are. Like, there's no, there's not a cruise control. Like, there's not a there's there is only where you're at and trying to combine as many of those elements as you can and 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 really have as much of your day full of the things that 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 does get you you know sort of on this positive side versus the falling back side where you're not in that state of clarity i mean um you know we and we have on the creative spectrum 
gotten to spend an extraordinary amount of our life, an unfair amount of our life, getting to do, you know, really interesting and really rewarding things. Um, so that or we're incredible narcissists. We're not sure. <laughs> you've been listening to the resistance. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcast app. And for more information or further episodes, you can find us at listen to the audio production by Isaac Vining theme music by Jake Kirkpatrick. My name is Matt Connor and I'm your host. Thank you so much for listening.